0: Hello everyone. God bless you. Welcome back. We're glad you tuned in to another sharing of God's Word. As always, we hope your life is being blessed through this ministry. Today, we'll continue going through our series on the Book of Proverbs. As part of today's sharing, we'll be talking about how we need to be careful with evil influences. Temptation can come in many different forms and through many different people, even through those that we might see as harmless. We'll be talking about how we should treat different people and who our main influences should be. We'll get into this a little later on. As part of today's prayer outlook, I would like to encourage you to continue praying for wisdom and for God's continued guidance regarding your relationships. I would suggest asking the Lord to show you clearly who can be helpful in your walk with Christ and who you need to be careful with. We are surrounded by all kinds of people. And there are some with good intentions and some with not so good intentions. Let's go together before the Lord now to pray for these things and for his guidance through his word. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through him. Thank you, O Lord, for the sacrifice that he was for us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, for the salvation that you give us. Lord, I pray as always that you please forgive my sins, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now that you, uh, continue giving us of your, of your wisdom, Lord. We need your wisdom. We need to understand better things, Lord God. And Lord God, help us to be able to know how to apply your wisdom. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us, O Lord, to Know who to keep company with and who not to and who to be careful with, Lord God. Help us to live our our lives wisely and to pick our relationships wisely and to know how to be able to help people. Lord God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you may guide us through your word and through your Holy Spirit. Help us to have open minds and open hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we introduced earlier, we're going to continue our series in the book of Proverbs. All of the Bible is important, cover to cover, but the book of Proverbs should be high on the priority list. It gives very good insight and counsel on how to deal with daily situations. This is part two of our series. So if you want to follow along, our scripture reading today can be found in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 to 19. And this is what it says, My son, If sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our hoses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse." My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. The book of Proverbs is written like a father is talking to his son. It's meant to share wisdom and knowledge of those that would come after, like a generational teaching that should be passed on from parents to children and so on. We read in today's passage about an important warning, about being careful with bad influences. As you all may know, but may not readily recognize, we have all kinds of influences all around us and at every moment. Some are good influences and some are not. In this particular case, we read of something that seems a bit extreme, but trust me, these kinds of situations happen daily and in different ways. There may not be a group of people plotting to kill someone for their money and your life right now, but these plots are everywhere, but there is always a constant invitation to do something that does not please God, which in turn does nothing to better your own life. Actually, quite the contrary. If you go along with certain things, those may be the beginning of a spiral effect that could take you to a very regrettable place. Not too long ago, I heard another pastor talk about the issue that people don't plan on being addicted to drugs or alcohol, nor do they plan on destroying their marriages and their families. No one makes a concerted effort to destroy their finances. It's not like, hey, you know, my plan this year is to pick up a bad habit and let it take over my life until I lose complete control over it. You don't really hear that. You don't really hear anyone saying, I would love to be broke. Or, I think it would be a great idea to cheat on my wife or husband and get into a very painful divorce. No one plans on doing those things. I don't think that they're on anyone's bucket list to be able to do things these things before they die, right? But what is funny not funny haha! is that if you ask an alcoholic or a substance abuser or anyone else that is in a very difficult circumstance, if you ask them how they got there, they might just trace it back to a definite but rather simple beginning. The beginning of the fall, if you will, may have started with something that seemed completely harmless. One of the things that I hear over and over, and sometimes year after year, with people that are in serious circumstances, is that they started doing something that was wrong because they were hanging out with some friends, or a particular friend, or they had a certain relationship, and that it started as something that seemed innocent, or at least something that was not too bad. And that's what we would like to hit on today, if you will. And again... It may or may not be something as extreme as what we read today, but something life changing usually happens with a very simple invitation, with something that just nudges open the door of your life. As we read when it says in verse 11, Come with us. We always need to ask ourselves these questions Who is this person or people that are inviting me? And what are they inviting me to do? You see, you can never be too careful. Some folks might say, John, lighten up. Not everything's as bad as you think it is. And I would answer back by saying this, when you understand the nature of something, then you know what it is capable of doing. It may not necessarily be the people that are out to get you, although there are many people with bad intentions, but there is a definite enemy out there that wants to destroy you. And when you understand who Satan is and that he is all evil, then you will understand that it is in his nature to make you fall any way possible, and many people are under his influence. Not all people have to be demon-possessed to have Satan's influence in their lives. But some people, even believers themselves, may have a certain weakness in their flesh. Or their relationship is not quite right with the Lord and they could easily be influenced by the enemy to make them and you fall into something that could cause a series of events that might just destroy your life or your well-being. We can start with the beginning, which was the fall of man. There was absolutely no one else on the planet except Adam and Eve and this thing in the form of a serpent that was the devil. God just told man one simple thing, which was not to eat from a certain tree. He said, and I say this paraphrasing, you can eat from any tree anywhere in the garden except the single tree. Because if you do, you will die. And as we can read, the serpent and Eve had a very simple and short conversation. There wasn't anything drawn out about it. And it went like this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, Which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And of course, we all know what happened after. That's why we all are where we are right now. He didn't even tell her to do it. He just planted some doubt and off she went. And of course, Adam didn't ask anything either. He just went along with it as well. This whole problem that we have today could have been avoided with just some very, very simple questions. Eve should have asked herself, who is this serpent thing that is talking to me? And why is it telling me to do something that goes completely against the one that made everything that is around me, including Adam and myself. Instead, what seemed to be a very innocent and simple conversation turned into the greatest tragedy mankind could have ever have. That's why we cannot take things for granted. We need to stop and think just a little bit before we go out there and do something or get involved with something we might regret later down the line. The biggest mistakes in life can be completely avoided if we just take a little bit of time about thinking about the potential consequences. In other words, don't think about how great things could be, but rather think about what could possibly go wrong with what you're doing. Nothing can ever be underestimated. The woman underestimated the serpent. There was no caution or thought given to what was happening, and Adam just took whatever Eve gave him. He could have saved himself if he would have just asked himself a couple of simple questions. So, note to self, just because someone tells you to go out and do something doesn't mean you have to go out and do it. For God's sake, for your own sake, think before you do. Here are some other things to bear in mind as you travel down this path called life. The Bible teaches us that we need to be careful with the company we keep. James chapter 4, verse 4 talks about our relationship with the world, where it says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So if you're a believer, you just can't hang out with whoever. Be careful. Your closest and most influential relationships should not be with those folks that still don't have Christ in their life. Because even though they may not have bad intentions, they are still under the influence of someone that does not want their well-being, and least of all, your well-being. Now, if you decide to want to help others come to Christ, and that is the mission that has been given to all of us that do follow the Lord, then the Bible gives us this advice in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 19, where it says, Therefore thus says the Lord, If you return... Then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vile, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. In other words, the people in the world, those that have not yet come to Christ, are within the vile, if you will. That's the bad news. But the good news is that God can use you to bring them out of wherever they are. Relationships can turn into real tug-of-wars, though. You know, the, the game that uh, you have two people or two groups of people with a rope trying to pull each other to each side, right? So, he is telling us that we simply need to pull harder to our side. We cannot return to them or convert to them, but rather, we need to help them come to Christ. We need to pull more towards our direction. This is where many people fall and wind up in disasters if they're not careful. They can attempt to help others come to Christ, but instead of being the stronger one, they get pulled into the other side and completely fall apart. The Bible also teaches us that we need to help those that have wandered off the path, but we need to be careful. James chapter 5 verse 19 to 20 says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, And someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. But we really need to be careful, even with people that say they are believers, but are not living in a way that pleases God. Some so-called believers look like angels on Sunday, but live like hell Monday through Saturday. As followers of Christ, we cannot have a sinful lifestyle. Even though we are not perfect and we will sin until the day we die, that does not mean that we can do whatever we want to do. That's not the way it works. The Bible warns that we have to be careful with people that we hang out with. We cannot be with people that are living a fallen lifestyle. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 through 11 says this, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or the extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother, in other words, a Christian, who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. So we are taught to separate from them, not as punishment or condemnation, but rather so that they can know that what they're doing is wrong, that we cannot condone their sinful lifestyle, and that they need to stop what they're doing in order to restore that godly relationship they once had. This is why we have so much disorder in churches today. We are taught in many places a false love where we just need to to love people and accept them just how they are. You're not showing love to a person if you are condoning their trip towards destruction. When you make like things are a business as usual, you are sending a message to them saying that it's okay what they're doing and that what they're doing is not affecting your relationship. Plain English, that's not what love is about. Another warning that Jesus himself gave us is that not everyone that says Lord, Lord, or that they call themselves a believer, makes them a follower of Christ. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 23 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name? And then many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So saying you are a believer doesn't make you a believer. Nor doing things that seem like good religious practices makes you a believer. But rather, what makes you a believer is carrying out what God truly cares about. That's what makes you a believer. And it starts with loving Him and loving your neighbor. We need to be careful with the relationships we keep, especially with those that are close and influential to us. We just need to think and meditate what we're being invited to do and who is inviting us to do whatever it is they're inviting us to do. We should not take things for granted. Not everything is as harmless as it may seem at first, and not everyone has good intentions, at minimum, You need to think that Satan is out to get you, and that he will do anything and use anyone to bring you to a place of destruction and torment and regret. Satan wants everything evil for you, but God wants everything that is good for you. Always think and meditate on the Lord before you go and do something. And if by any chance you are not in a good place right now because of some past wrong or bad decisions. You can always come to Christ for forgiveness, and so he can help you get back on track. God is in the business of transforming the worst situations into stories of triumph and victory. Jesus can make everything new when we repent and convert to him with all of our heart. That is a true power of Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you for your love and for your guidance, Lord God. I give you thanks, O Lord, Heavenly Father, because you want us to learn so that we can live life as best as possible. You want us to avoid those things that can destroy us or can cause us harm and also can cause those people around us harm. Heavenly Father, help us not to walk carelessly through this life, but rather help us to have our eyes open and our ears open and... To be attentive to you, and to be able to see the detail in things, and just not take things for granted. Help us, O oh Lord, to be wise. Help us, O oh Lord, to help us make wise decisions, to make thoughtful decisions. And Lord God, help us so that we're not able to do things that later on we can regret, because Lord, uh, it's not it's not good to live a life of regret. It's not good to to go from one consequence to another consequence to another consequence. That's not what you want for us. You want for us to live blessed lives. You want for us to live transformed lives, changed lives. And you want us to be able to do those things that truly bring honor and glory to your name and at the same time bring blessing to us. Heavenly Father, help us not to take things lightly and help us to be careful and that in everything that we may honor you, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next week for another sharing of God's Word as we continue going through our series on the book of Proverbs. And please feel free to write to us through our website, which is theladderrain.org. We would love to hear from you. God bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.